0: So welcome to uh, this edition of the Whiskey and Wealth Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Sermon, Managing Director of Wealth here at First Rate. Today joining me is Jason Yule from WTax. Uh, Jason, thanks for joining me. Uh, Could you just give us a little introduction about yourself? Great, thanks,
1: Alex. Very happy to be here. Um, My name's Jason Yule and I am the Head of Strategy and Sales for WTax in North America. Um, And I've been with our business about four years now. um, And my primary focus um, is really working with institutional investors uh, within the North American market um, to support their withholding tax recovery needs.
0: Excellent. Thank you. So, uh, Jason, what are we drinking uh, today here?
1: Um, So today um, we've got a bottle of uh, Lagavulin. Uh, I've got the 16-year. It's a nice uh, I lay uh, PT whiskey um, very very smooth PT whiskey um, in all honesty today I was actually struggling to get this um, so I had to get it from a sort of uh door dash last minute um, <laughs> and my colleagues seeing this door dash arrive at the office with a bottle of whiskey in a brown paper bag must have thought uh, you know <laughs> I don't think they think I was recording a podcast. They think I was just probably uh, very stressed at work.
0: <laughs> well, now you'll uh, you'll get to share this video with them once it's out and, and prove that you weren't just drinking on the job, but it was it was really for business. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I've got the uh, the sixteen year old as well here. So um, now we've got them poured. We can uh, give it a go. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, this is a really, really excellent uh, whiskey, you know, pretty smoky up on the front end, um from all that peat, but kind of once you get past it, it's really smooth, kind of, kind of fruity, actually, um, kind of whiskey. So, you know, kind of get the, the normal Isla, um, you know, typical notes that you get from like, you know, smoke and the peat and some, some people get like iodine or band-aids, things like that. But uh, once you get past that, I'm really getting some some nice fruit notes um and just really really easy drinker. if you can you know if you're into the the smoky whiskies.
1: no i agree i agree i normally drink the um lafroig um mm-hmm. but i find that is a lot more a lot more peaty, um and i find this as you say definitely has a a much sort of i don't know fruity finish which uh, is quite pleasant it doesn't feel like you've uh let's uh, a full ashtray it's
0: more just half an ashtray <laughs> i know and it's uh, it's funny that uh, you know this is popularized with my generation here in the u.s because of uh, the tv show parks and rec so nick offerman's character ron swanson his favorite whiskey is lagavulin they had a whole episode where he ends up going to the distillery and having a wonderful time and now he's a spokesperson for them and so that that originally got me into lagavulin and um, kind of got me into the Isle of scotches and i've just you know Dove head first into the rest of them, going with the Laphroaig's, like you mentioned, the Art Bags, But I still think Lagavool, and uh, that's, that's my home base So whenever I'm, I'm wanting an Isla.
1: <laughs> no, agreed, agreed. We've actually recently um, – well, I don't want to say we've recently – I've recently been invited to a whiskey club. Uh, so about, I don't know, eight to ten of us get together every couple of months and then do a blind tasting. Um, and then at the end of the night, you've got to you sort of get the whiskey you write down um what you think it is what you think it tastes like the whole story and then at the end you they reveal the host of that evening reveals what the five whiskeys were normally by the time we get to whiskey number five um you know the the flavors are starting to blend a bit yeah but, um, <laughs> and then by the end of the night the visions are starting to blend but uh it's it's a pretty it's a pretty fun exercise and i have to say you know every time someone always manages to um sneak uh an isla whiskey in there
0: oh that's awesome i we'll need to get that started over here that sounds like a a really good time definitely excellent so now to kind of get into the uh, the main part here of the episode so uh, you mentioned you mostly work with institutional uh, investors you know working with um you know, helping them uh, reclaim foreign withheld taxes. So you can, can you dive into that a little bit more about what that really looks like and what, you know, you and your colleagues do to really add uh, value to your investors?
1: Fantastic. Um, most definitely. So essentially what our business does at the heart of it is we recover um, withholding taxes on all foreign direct investment. So where you've got institutional investors or private investors Um, who invest into offshore markets. They will typically suffer withholding taxes um, in a rate around 30% of the dividend income. In many cases, there'll be prime brokers or custodian banks who are supporting the tax recovery thereof. Um, But we find due to um, administrative challenges, um, requirements that are being uh, levied by the foreign tax officers, um, uh, and and, and, and other um, sort of hurdles uh, that clients um, are having to deal with they're not always getting the full amount of tax recovery um, and as a result our business um, has found a space in this market where we support clients really either just finding additional value within their portfolio so you know everything remains as is and we just look for additional recovery opportunities or in some cases uh, where clients are struggling um, to actually deal with the administration we actually do the whole and back office process for them. So um, our service takes many forms, but um, essentially at the heart of it, uh, we are looking to optimize portfolio performance by recovering additional tax. Um, so I know you're not
0: the only ones in this space. So how do you differentiate yourself from your competitors and really help, uh, you know, have that edge when you are adding value to your uh, investors' portfolios and helping them maximize their performance? Um, so I
1: suppose for us, said You know, you've really got to take it a couple of steps back and look at where we come from as a business. Um, We started in the um, tax recovery business about 21 years ago, um, initially recovering VAT or GST taxes on foreign subsistence and travel. Um, And that was the initial business that we started. And over the years, we've continued to uh, launch new businesses, recovering different types of taxes, and one of the businesses that was born out of that group is um, w And um, Wtax um, has managed to build a really strong business, mainly based on the support of our group. So when mm-hmm. we look at um, enhancing and growing our business, um, we've got a lot of sort of inside group knowledge that helps us. And some of the uh, competitive differentiators that we have um, is that we've managed to build a really strong infrastructure, um, that allows us to have sort of uh, feet on the ground in many different tax jurisdictions. So compared to many of our competitors, we've got about 40 global offices. So, you know, in in, in pretty much um, every um, investment jurisdiction where major um, investors are suffering holding taxes, we've got a presence on the ground, which gives us access to local tax authorities. It gives us that local know-how in, in how to recover taxes and really gives us quite an enhancement on, working with tax authorities to formalize processes and get taxes over the line for investors. Um, And then I think second to that, um, we've built a lot of technology within our business and technology really is at the heart of everything we do. Um, We we found that one of our biggest competitive edges is to help speed up the recovery of taxes. And we do this through um, good technology processes um, um, as well as ensuring that um, investors a benefit from that use of technology. So a lot of our technology allows investors to more easily streamline um, their documentation collection um, um, and sort of get really good insight and or oversight at least on on the tax recovery processes. So you know, just to summarise, I would really say it's the, the breadth of our group, um, which provides us with that infrastructure and then sort of deep technology supporting um, our processes.
0: Awesome. So you guys are pretty, pretty spread out being in 40 different um, global offices. And so, you know, you you mentioned the technology that you're using to streamline, streamline those processes. So uh, could you go into a little bit more about, you know, what kind of technology you're using? Are you looking at AI or ML, you know, being able to interpret structured and unstructured data sets or, you know, does that play a role in how you're um, going about recovering these uh, taxes and working with, um, you know, the various uh, tax authorities? of course so i suppose
1: there's there's really two legs to the tax process for us so um when looking at the two legs is we've got to interact with with the intermediaries who deal with um, our clients to get the actual underlying investment data and then once we've got that data we then calculate what we can do as a business and then based on that we've got to interact with the tax authorities to actually go ahead and make these tax reclaims so you know, in the first part, obtaining data um, and interpreting that data, um, we're working on a number of different technologies with custodian banks to um, integrate and, and, and pull that data into a uniform source. Um, and then once we receive the data, there's a number of different um, machine learning um, aspects that we apply within our data processing centers that allow us to quickly interpret, um, review, and, and, and output data into... Um, a singular format, which allows us to easily work with it and then um, take forward the tax recovery process. Um, What we find is that that, um, all those algorithms that are now interpreted into our data review processes allows us to quite easily identify anomalies within the data, identify unique um, tax events that occur. It allows us to spit out um, certain constraints within the data. So we can quite easily determine in a very short space of time exactly how much withholding tax we can recover in what markets, where are the anomalies, where do we expect to pick up errors. Once we've got that data, we can then take the next phase. Um, and the, the the tricky part for us then is now you're dealing with manual tax offices. So mm-hmm. we can have all this great data, but then you get to a tax office who wants a hard paper form. Um, what we do in that instance is the technology that we've built into those processes is we use um technology such as OCR, so um, optical recognition software, which allows us to then um, take data from client sets and place that onto the tax form so we can pre-populate all that information, Mm -hmm. um, allowing us to then build claim packs and and, and provide that to the tax officers. Where tax officers uh, are generally trying to turn digital, uh, we're working closely with them to build direct feeds where we can actually file the taxes directly work with their portals and create that link from um client data all the way to tax reclaim data okay that's excellent
0: um yeah i i've done a few episodes on ai and ml already and it's definitely changing the world so it's interesting to see the different use cases that you can have for it so i mean. Um, you know, kind of understanding how you're able to utilize that with the tax reclamation and pre-populating forms to get to tax authorities, being able to streamline um, client data so that way it's in in a single usable form is is really uh, key to being efficient and to being uh, consistent and accurate with uh, the information that you're getting so that way you can get that full um, reclamation.
1: You know, it's funny you say that on the AI. Um, it's obviously a topic that's coming up a lot lately. And uh, I'm currently reading a book. I don't know if you've managed to see it or read it. It's called Life 3.0. Okay.
0: Um,
1: and they sort of take you through the journey of of AI and what it really means to mankind today and um, how AI, uh, you know, will most likely change our lives but whether we're 10 years away or 100 years away and what that looks like. And uh, it's a pretty fascinating read. I... Uh, about halfway now, but, uh, it really takes you, you know, to that end journey of, uh, <laughs> where AI could be.
0: Absolutely. I'll need to, I'll need to get myself a copy of that. Um, that sounds right up my alley. So, uh, so Jason, you're the, uh, you know, head of sales and strategy for North America. And so obviously you're based, you're based in London. So what's been some of your biggest challenges or some of your biggest opportunities when, when working in the North American market? Um, and are you finding differences, I guess, as you're working through the various North American countries, such as Canada, the U S Mexico, um, you know, just dive into that a little bit for me. Fantastic. So, um, you know,
1: looking into some of the challenges when I joined the business, uh, four years ago, um, we, um, we're still relatively new within the U S market. We had a handful of people, um, on the ground and, and um, I was hired, um, into our London office with the sort of key objective of helping to strengthen our U S footprint. Um, and you know, when breaking into the market, we came against some, some pretty, um, you know, steep competition. We came, uh, uh, um, across some, some pretty big barriers and I found, you know, the, the hardest thing was really breaking into the market. Um, it was, um, going against a very, um, uh, sort of bureaucratic um you know investment sort of industry um where there were a bunch of processes and formalities that had to be followed so you're going to a client and saying this is an issue that we foresee um and they would then go to uh you know their custody bank and speak about it and that was often met with resistance so there was a lot of work that we had to do with firstly educating the market uh, then dealing uh, closely um you know, with, with the custody banks, working closely with consultants, um, you know, and similar um, industry insiders to make sure that we were going about the right way. We were educating the market at the right pace. Um, and I think we've managed to find that balance now. It uh, There's a lot of learning that we've had to do as a business. And I think uh, it's really, we've managed to build um, a really good business. And I, I would say with caution, become one of the sort of known um you know, industry participants, but, uh, there was a lot of, um, a lot of ups and downs in getting mm-hmm. to that step. So, you know, it's really nice to look back now and we go to conferences and, uh, you know, see a lot of our clients and they're super happy with the work we're doing and, and enjoy working with us. And that it's always an encouraging feeling to know that, uh, four years ago, um, you were still trying to connect a lot of these dots,
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome to get to, you know, get that immediate feedback. Um, you know, when you're at a conference or something, and you run into a client and they, you know, tell you how much they enjoy working with you. That's that's always a wonderful feeling. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great that, you know, even within four years, you were able to, you know, really break into the market and gotten a nice foothold here in North America uh, and being able to kind of address those needs and help educate the market. Uh, I feel like that's that's pretty significant being able to do that in, in just four years. Um, so that's great. And, you know, part of that foothold North America. So recently, First Rate and Tax have uh, partnered together to help support uh, first rate uh, customers and being able to help reclaim uh, their foreign withheld taxes. And so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're interested in learning more about, you know, what First Rate and WTACS, are doing together to, uh, you know, add, uh, value to your, uh, clients portfolios and maximize that performance. Uh, please reach out to me. Happy to uh, discuss more with you on that. So, uh, Jason, it's been really wonderful talking with you today. Um, and a wonderful choice here on the whiskey. Um, happy to, uh, always happy to get another bottle of Lagavulin for, uh, for the collection. Um, but really appreciate your time this morning and, uh, Thank you again for tuning in to Whiskey and Wealth Tech, and uh, we'll catch you next time.
1: Fantastic. Alex, it was really good to be here, and um, uh, thanks for uh, helping me uh, start my uh, sort of uh, Thursday uh, uh, whiskey a bit earlier than usual. <laughs> Excellent. Cheers.